Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this 65th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests in this episode include singer, songwriter, producer, many other things as well, Bertie Higgins, got a brand new single, The Flag's on Fire. We'll also visit with country singer and songwriter Mary Heather Hickman about her new single, Treasure. We'll also visit with Marcus Harvey and Juwan Mass from Ghost Brothers as the new series Ghost Brothers Lights Out is now available on Discovery+. Plus. And we'll also visit with new country singer Mark Nicholson, his debut solo single, Natural Born Lover. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, comment, leave some feedback, check out the shop, and share with your friends. You reach a certain age when you really stop paying attention to fashion and just keep on wearing what you've got until, well, until the end. But that's become the newest fashion statement. Grandpa style is apparently hot right now with people in their 20s. They're wearing unique vintage clothes, random colors, and everything else you might see on a senior citizen with a strong fashion sense, but one that's frozen in time. One fashion expert says grandpa style is so appealing because, quote, it looks so effortless and fresh because it's such a different view of style and fashion. I'm a child of the 80s, and uh, one of the first songs that really stuck out in my head was done by this guy. We've got a new single to talk about as well. Bertie Higgins on the line with us. And, and first off, Bertie, thank you so much for your time. Sure, uh, Cameron, it's my pleasure, man. It's good to talk to you. Now, we'll start out talking about the new single, The Flag's on Fire. And, Bertie, 2021 being, and 2020 being what they were, I think it was a perfect time for this one. And tell us a little bit about the, the, the process behind the song as well. Well, several years ago, they were burning the American flag over in the Mideast, and it really angered me, man. So I wrote this song quite some time ago, and we did a recording of it, but we remastered and added some mixing and, some, uh, and decided to release it now. And for you, obviously a patriot at heart, and uh, how important is it for you right now to not only have songs that, that entertain, but also that tell a story, however you want to put that as well? Well, I rarely do that, but this this uh, situation was very important to me. And I'm a veteran, and I my whole family's a family of veterans, lost my brother in Vietnam. But I'm telling you, man, I just couldn't tolerate it. I can't believe there's been no legislation to make this illegal. I mean, when I was growing up, you never dropped the flag on the ground. There were specific honorisms that you gave to the flag. How this has changed, I have no idea. Uh, I thought now I thought now was an appropriate time to release the song. You, you talked about, and I can remember the times that you're talking about, the, the reverence that you had for the flag. And when do you think this cycle started, Bertie? Well, I think a lot of things have gotten worse, but I don't want to get into a bunch of politics here. But... <laughs> I'm very concerned about the situation on the border, our south border, very concerned. <laughs> but, you know, man, I believe that with this pandemic and all this other crap going on, we have enough to worry about. There's a lot going on out there. Uh, but I'm sure that the good Lord will take care of all of us eventually. That's right. Now, now, Bertie, for you being a, a songwriter and I mean, so many other things working in, uh, in film as well, what has helped you maybe uh, it mentally and emotionally survive uh, all of the onslaught of emotional stuff that's been, uh, been thrown our way this last year? Well, when it comes to songwriting, you know, I've written 250 songs. During this pandemic, for some reason, I've had a writer's block. But I just started writing two days ago. 
I've got 50 song ideas outlined on my computer, and I just couldn't finish one of them. But all of a sudden, the old thing kicked me in the butt, and here we go again. So I'm starting to finish up some of these ideas now. It's been a, it's been a, it's been an incredible run I've had. I don't ever claim to be a superstar. I'm just a, a singer-songwriter that has worked hard and got lucky. Uh, and I believe that where you live and how you live and your uh, has a lot to do with it and who you and who you surround yourself with. And I only try to surround myself with positive people. In other words, you can't live in Tarpon Springs, Florida, or where you're at in Oklahoma, and expect a major producer to come walking in the door and sign you to a deal. You got to give up something. You got to go to where it's going on, and that's either L.A., Nashville, Atlanta, Miami, New York, those places, which are not easy to live in. I did spend the last 14 years in Burbank, California, and started making movies, but I now. I have currently moved back to my hometown of Tarpon Springs, Florida, which uh, was a culture shock because there's really no one in town I can sit and talk talk over the professional end of the music business. Most of these guys are playing in bars, which I did in the beginning, which I will not do again. But uh, my wife in L.A. said, I want to go back to Tarpon and hang out with my girlfriends. And I said, OK, so we shipped the cars back, loaded up on a plane and came back. Now, here I am. <laughs> now, now, many, many, many accolades over the years, and uh, you know, sticks out about uh, being knighted, being members of the Hall of Fame, and getting an honorary doctorate. And Bertie, break that all down. What's that? What's that truly mean to you on a personal side? Well, when I was knighted, I take that. I take these things seriously. I mean. When I ran into Gordon Lightfoot, one of my heroes, on the set of The Tonight Show one time, he said, Bertie, don't forget, we must do what we must do to help the young alone. So when people come to me and I give them all the advice I can give them from my experience, and I, and I believe I take these honorariums that they've given me very seriously. Uh, when I was knighted, it was a goosebump situation. I mean, it really thrilled me. And then, of course, the doctorate from Hanover University in Germany in music thrilled me, and then I was inducted into the Florida artist hall of fame and that was a thrill which gives me a brass plaque on the wall of the rotunda in tallahassee along with ernest hemingway and tennessee williams and some pretty important people in the literary field but the, the, you know it's, it's been a great time i've enjoyed this run that i've had and it never ceases to amaze me and, I, and every now and then i'll lay in bed at night and think about all the things i've been through what i've done where i've been like i was in china eight times last year because i'm really popular there how that happened, damned if I know, man. I have no idea. You hadn't figured out the recipe, huh? No, and recently I've fallen in love with the old group ABBA. You, you know who ABBA was from oh, the yeah. 70s. These guys, made some, these guys wrote some great songs. Uh, so here I am reflecting back on that. Sometimes a little disco-y for me, but the majority of these tunes are well thought out, well produced, and well written. So here I fall in love with Ava. Can you believe that? <laughs> it took you long enough. Yeah, it took me long enough, didn't it, man? <laughs> He's like, have you heard about this new band? <laughs> yeah, the new band, Abba. But, but, I mean, Cat Stevens and Gordon Lightfoot, these guys have always been great inspiration for me. Gordon Lightfoot is just a great lyric writer. He's just wonderful. But now when he goes on stage and is over, he's still touring. He can't sing as well, so he does a lot of talking. In fact, I'm I'm getting ready to do a venue this Saturday night, my second show this year, where he's performed a lot. And uh, Bobby Rossi said a lot of people are walking out on the shows because he's talking too much. 
I don't know, man. You know, but God bless you for still being out there. Now, I know that you're working on your 26th album release as well. Going to contain the uh, the flags on fire. And talk a little bit, Birdie, how much different the landscape looks as far as the music production as opposed to when you came in. And obviously now with all the technology, I mean, does it does the technology make it easier or, or harder for you? Well, you know, we no longer record on two-inch uh, reel-to-reel tape, but in ways it makes it a lot easier. In fact, I, I, I can co-write on my computer, or I can actually lay down vocals on my computer. I do all my tracks in Nashville, and they send them to me. And the uh, problem is coming up with the good original ideas, song ideas, because I believe it all lies in the basic song, because I'm a song guy. And of course, as you know, the Great American Songbook is about dead. A lot of the stuff, I watched the uh, Academy Country Music Awards last night, and I said, wait a minute. This is rock and roll. This isn't country anymore. So things are changing pretty rapidly, and uh, you, you need to try to change with them. I hate to because I like the old school thing, but, you know, me, I'm stubborn, but I'll even, I eventually change, you know. Now, Bertie, for you, what you talked about the the writer's block. What what in the songwriting process is the hardest part for you, aside from the writer's block? Well, I mean, the idea of the song. I always come up with a title, and I normally try to write the chorus first. But generally speaking, it's the same game. Um, I try not to listen to a lot of current pop music because it's very. I lose direction when I listen to it. Uh, so it's, Hey man, to write hit songs has always been difficult. Uh, and what are hits now sometimes evade my thinking, but thank God this year, the, my royalties have been tremendously big. I don't know why, because I'm not gigging, you know, nobody's gigging that my peers aren't going out there. So you got to keep the lights on somehow, but thank God my royalties have been very, very, very strong. And how cool is that now because of streaming and uh, all of the many different platforms folks can find the music to see the, uh, another generation with an appreciation of the music as well, Bertie? Well, I, I think all the different platforms tend to embellish your your, uh, your royalties, you know, as, as a songwriter, because the ultimate big royalties are in songwriting, uh, especially if you write songs that, go on forever and the key largo amazes me how it's still going so strong and then of course a bigger song is a song called casablanca internationally uh i'll never forget when i was in the top 10 of uh in the charts and billboard with key largo my publisher bill lowry out of atlanta said bertie you've got a major hit in the pacific rim it didn't even dawn on me that i'd be over there touring so much and i do love the chinese people I think uh, I traveled the world, strange places like Saudi Arabia, I did a tour. And the whole program is all the same. The people are basically the same no matter where you're at. All they want to do is feed their children, keep a roof over their heads, try to keep them educated, keep them alive and out of jail. And the problem with it, or I see around the world are the governments always have issues. I, I don't know, man, but. Mom and pop are the same everywhere. 
minutes right now. Bertie, if folks want to find more information about uh, the Flags on Fire, the upcoming album, upcoming tour dates as well, what's what's the best place for folks to uh, to keep up with all that? Just go to BertieHiggins.com. I've got a website that's got, we try to keep that up to date. Uh, and by the way, Jimmy Buffett's a good friend of mine. I keep changing my my line of thought here, but believe me, go to BertieHiggins.com. That's a place to get it all. All right. Well, Bertie, it has truly been a privilege to have the chance to uh, spend some time with you today. Well, I'm a saltwater boy, so I spent a lot of my time in the Gulf of Mexico because I live in a little Greek village called Tarpon Springs. And uh, I was a sponge diver. This is a Greek sponge diving capital. I was a sponge diver in my early 20s, and I was a spear fisherman. And my father taught me a lot about the ocean. But I love the Gulf of Mexico, especially the west coast of Florida. So there you go, man. That's what I do. Well, Cameron, God bless you and my fans out there. God bless all of you. Take care. Take care of yourself. Get vaccinated. You know, grow Put on your big man pants and go get a shot in your arm. You'll survive. <laughs> because I've, I've gone through both of mine. Nothing happened except my right ear fell off last week. No, I'm kidding with you, man. Now, if you want to be ripped and don't mind blatant false advertising, you're going to love this. There's a product on sale right now on eBay for men. It's a silicone bodysuit that makes you look ripped. Now, it goes over your torso and gives you jacked arms, pecs, and abs, and I think it would probably work best if you wear it under your shirt, as realistic as they try to make these things look. I mean, it'd be pretty clear they're fake from up close, but if you want to rock it shirtless, more power to you, right? Now, if you're interested, you can find them selling on eBay for anywhere from $68 to $360. Our next guest, uh, country singer and songwriter, spent some time in uh, Arkansas and uh, Texas, but we won't hold that against her anyway. Uh, Mary <laughs> Heather Hickman with us today. And first off, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here talking with you. Now, where did uh, where did music for you originate? Who who was the introducer of music to you in your life? Yeah. Um, so. I, my dad uh, was somebody that loved like traditional country music. So I kind of grew up listening to uh, Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard and Waylon Jennings, Loretta Lynn, like the very, very classic country. Willie Nelson's another one. Um, and that's what my dad, like my dad's side of the family is very musical. Um, his father was, uh, you know, never went to Nashville or anything, but uh, I never met him, but apparently was a, um, pretty talented songwriter as well. And used to just have like stacks and stacks of um, papers of, of songs that he had written. A lot of my um, dad's brothers, he has a lot of them uh, also like play guitar and music. So I think that's probably where like my musical side came from. And then um, my mom also was like, she kind of listened to a lot of nineties country when I was growing up. So like Dixie chicks and um, Cheryl Crow and you know, the, those kind of people, Faith Hill. Uh, so I feel like I have like a good uh, background of, of all types of country music. And I kind of draw inspiration from that. Both my parents were always um, super encouraging. When I started singing, when I was really little, um, they have always encouraged me to keep pursuing it. My dad has always 
talked about the importance of if you're going to be a singer, writing your own songs, learning how to play an instrument, that a lot of it to my parents, for sure. Most kids, as they go through their teenage years, they rebel against uh, mom and dad. How did you rebel against classic in the 90s country? I mean, where, oh, where was re- your rebellion? Did I, not? I rebelled I know, right? in other ways besides <laughs> just me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, I uh, mainly, I would say maybe like the middle school years were like my more rebellious like years of music. Um, I liked a lot of like, uh, panic at the disco and Avril Lavigne. Like I definitely went through like kind of like a punk (laughs) phase maybe. Um, but I always like kind of found myself drawn back to country music. And even when I was like listening to other, other types of music, I found myself really in like paying attention to the songwriting and like what the song was saying. Like that's something about Avril Lavigne that I always admired. And so even though she wasn't country, like, I still was kind of like paying attention to those things that I think make country music so special. Cause I think uh, one thing that I do love about country is that a lot of the songs tell a story and they have something to say. Um, and it's so uh, heavy on like the lyrical importance. And, I, and I'm not saying melody is not important either because obviously it is, but uh, I do like, there is like, it's so much about what the song is saying in, in country music other than, you know, more than just, the song has a cool vibe or, you know, whatever. So now as a songwriter, where do you find your inspiration to write? And, and when did you write your first one? Oh man, I've been, I've been writing like probably since before I even realized that I was, um, it's interesting. If I go like home to my parents' house, my mom has kept, my mom used to make scrapbooks of like every year, like of my life, which is like kind of, <laughs> kind of a lot, but like, I have a lot of scrapbooks, like kind of detailing and there's certain scrapbooks from when I was like seven or eight. And it has like pages of things that I had written, like songs that I had written about my dog or, you know, I obviously not really writing about like relationships or love at that point. But I think, um, it just kind of shows that it's always been something that's natural to me. And, um, even just creative writing, I used to love like making up my own stories and like writing my own books, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's something I've always, always been doing, but, uh, kind of like honed in on it maybe uh, five or six years ago and really started, you know, trying to make sense of things and like make cohesive songs and and all that. But I've definitely been doing it for a while. (laughs) Now you talked about uh, the songwriting You got the new single treasure and where did, where did this one come in from you? Oh man. Um, (laughs) so this song is, uh, basically about like my bad taste in men. Um, and, I went through a breakup at the beginning of 2020, right around when the pandemic started. And my close friend, Stephanie Joyce, is also somebody that I frequently co-write with. And um, back during all the like pandemic stuff, we're neighbors. So we were still like kind of seeing, you know, social distancing, but (laughs) seeing each other. And we decided to take a quick trip down to uh, Morro Bay, Arkansas, which is right outside of El Dorado where I'm from. Um, My grandma lives there. My dad has built like a little cabin and it's just a nice place to kind of like go and get away from everything. Obviously there's no people around. So great place to go during a pandemic. Uh, And I asked Steph, I was like, Hey, do you want to go and like spend a couple days, like just in the middle of nowhere and, and write some songs with me? And she, of course, was all about it. So um, we went, we were hanging out one night 
I think we had made some margaritas at the time. And yeah, we were just like sitting there drinking margaritas and we were just kind of like having some girl talk. She was like, are, are you ready to like date again? Do you think that you're going to date? And I was joking cause I'm very like self deprecating in my humor. And I was like, I don't know if I can be trusted today. I seem to just always pick like people that don't seem to work out. And so we were just drinking, having a good time, throwing out wines. And of course the song is a little bit of an exaggeration. Like I would hope that somebody is not dating somebody with like all of the worst qualities. Usually somebody has one or two, you know, everybody has their, their flaws and everything. Um, but yeah, we were just, we were kind of like being silly and throwing out like crazy lines, seeing if we could one up each other on like what the next line was. Um, so that's how those like verses came about. And then um, when it came time to write the hook of the song, I just came up with this line. Like, so I think I had said something about like finding trash and calling it treasure or something. And then it kind of shifted. We were, we were talking more about it and it was picking up trash and calling it treasure and then picking up the tab and picking up, you know, just picking up different things. And um, it was a pretty fast, write actually, uh, which was nice. But I think that's because it just came from a place of like having a good time and, and being able to laugh at myself a little bit. So <laughs> now what is the most difficult part of the right for you? Is it coming up with the inspiration or uh, like I asked so many other folks, is it, is it saying it's done and, and being able to walk away from it? Yeah, I, um, I think the most difficult part for me, uh, is it's either ideas, but I usually have like a pretty good amount of ideas. Um, like I keep a list in my phone of things that I just throughout the week, I'm like, Oh, like that could be kind of cool. Or somebody says something, I'll write it down. So I usually have like a list going. Um, but I think that maybe the hardest part, like during the write, is just kind of like powering through and like not getting stuck. Cause like, I think there's certain times where it's like, Oh, that line's not quite perfect. And, um, I try to just like push myself to keep moving because you can always go back and edit. Um, but sometimes if you let yourself get stuck, it's hard to like keep moving forward. Um, so that's probably the most difficult part for me is just not being too overly critical during the process because you know, it's a process. You can go back and, and fix things later. It doesn't have to be perfect right away, but I tend to be a little bit of a perfectionist sometimes. So. <laughs> now, what's been the biggest challenge? It, has it been the, the Zoom co-writes? What's been the biggest challenge of 2020, early 2021? Yeah, the Zoom co-writes were weird at first because I think uh, a lot of people in Nashville at least would agree. Like sometimes it's just you get a good song just from like the vibe in the room and everybody's having a good time or whatever. So it was definitely a weird um, shift, but I think after doing it a couple of times, everybody sort of got the hang of it. Um, for me, the hardest part of this year has just been not being able to play as many shows because um, I love writing songs and that's definitely like my number one passion is songwriting, but I also love getting to go out and play those songs for people and getting um, their feedback and getting to see that they maybe re relate to that. So um, for me, that has been the, the most difficult part. I've been lucky enough in the past few months where um, it's kind of getting safer to go out and play shows. But before the pandemic happened, I was, you know, doing some, some big shows where there would be a couple thousand people there all like gathered up at the front of the stage <laughs> and singing along. And it's weird that that is, uh, is it's things look a little different now, but I hope soon we'll maybe be able to get back to, to something like that. So 
Now, it looked like your guitar kind of slid over to you when you were talking about it, too. Uh, it's like ready to be back on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did, what's the biggest thing about playing that you miss? Is it the, the come up to the stage? Is it just coming in the back door? What The setup? What What is it that you miss most about, uh, about the performance? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, for me, it's like, I'm still kind of in the process of building like my fan base. And um, so meeting people is so important to me. And, and also just like the people that do follow me, like I want to be out, be able to go out and like personally thank them and um, you know, like hear their stories. I, I love when people come up to me and they're like, I love this song because of this reason. Like it relates to me because this happened to me. Um, so I love getting to like hear the personal stories. Um, and yeah, I haven't been able to do that quite as much. Uh, so I think it's more of the, the interaction with people because, you know, I can do a virtual concert in my apartment <laughs> right. here and play songs for people and all that. And that's still very fun, but I don't get that, um, you know, connection, the, the human connection that is I, my, my favorite part of playing. That's right. Well, I, something. <laughs> so was, was the new single, is that what you wanted to play for us today? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I will, um, we'll play that one for you. Um, it's one of my favorite ones to play. So for sure. Y'all, are you ready for me to play I'm, it now? I'm ready. All right. He looks like he's bad news Six foot five with a couple tattoos Smoking habit and a drinking problem Sounds like he's my Prince Charming Blames his on his checkered past Like a DUI from his last relapse If you spent a couple nights in county jail Somebody gave me a wedding bail I can't change them, can't fix them But dang, I sure can pick them Pick up the tab when they ain't got a dime Picking up problems, it ain't even mine Picking them up even going no better I'm just picking up trash and calling it treasure. I'm picking up trash and calling it treasure. I tried making nice with the yes ma'am types. The kind I know my mama likes. But I like good times, not good manners. So I go on back to my little standards. Pick up the tab when they ain't got a dime. Picking up problems and ain't Good stuff right there, Mary. 
Thank you. Appreciate it. Now, who are the songwriters that inspire you? Or maybe it's the singer songwriters that, that really inspire you that are out there right now. Absolutely. Um, a huge influence of mine uh, is Brandy Clark. I think so talented. Uh, just love the way that she like twist phrases and, and play. It does kind of tongue in cheek songwriting, very clever songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's a big influence. That's a current person. Uh, Haley Witters is another one. Jason Isbell, uh, Isbell, sorry, uh, is another big one. I think that he, uh, just, I love the way I listened to an interview with him and he said that he likes to go through his songs find cliches and take them out and like make and or flip them in a cool way so that he doesn't have any sort of like cliche phrases in his song. And I think that's something that um, has inspired me to kind of go through mine and try to do that as well. Or, or if I am using a cliche to use it in a, in an unexpected way or something um, new. And then um, as far as like older songwriting influences, Bobby Gentry is a huge one. I think her sound is so cool. And it was so uh, amazing at the time that uh, she had such a unique sound and and wrote all of her own songs. Um, sorry, I have a lot of women influences. Clearly, Johnny Cash is another one. Willie Nelson, um, but definitely I look to. I, I like a lot of the the women the songwriters for sure. Now, what have you spent the most time honing in on this last year? I mean, has it has it been the songwriting or or actually in the instrumentation? Is it is it vocal or the the guitar that you've been spending a little more time on? I have been spending a little more um, time on guitar this year because I tend to be a lazy guitar player. <laughs> like I will uh, basically, oh, sorry, my dog is like knocking things <laughs> over. Um, I left something open and he is helping himself uh, <laughs> to the counter. Um, yeah. But uh, I've been working on my um, guitar playing a little bit this year just because um it doesn't come super naturally to me the way that singing and songwriting does. Um, I'm a lazy guitar player, like I was saying. So a lot of times I'll play, um, the minimum amount that I can get away with. <laughs> so I'll like work on a song and be like, nah, that sounds good enough. Like it's, it does the job. Um, instead of like, you know, working to focus on it more. Um, so yeah, I've been working on guitar, working on piano a little bit. Now, what kind of goal setting do you have for the for the single and and for the rest of 2021 as well? Yeah, um, so I am hoping that the the single continues to be well received by um, fans and radio. I'm very lucky that a lot of radio stations are picking it up and playing it. I'm just so thankful um, that people like what I'm doing and like the sound that I have. Um, and then the rest of this year, I have actually recorded more songs that I'm planning on putting out. So those will be coming out over the next year and, um, and then hopefully an EP in the near future as well with, with six or seven songs on it. That's cool. Well, uh, yeah. Mary Heather Hickman, I want to make sure and let our listeners know where to keep up with, uh, with not only the new single, but upcoming releases and opportunities to see you live in person when those come as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, people can go to my website. It's just maryheatherhickman.com. I uh, keep my shows up to date on there and all of my social media is linked. So Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, which is another <laughs> big one. <laughs>
Who's, uh, d- who saw that coming and, and having the impact on country music of all genres? So weird. I didn't even think, I mean, when I heard about TikTok, I thought it was like an app where people were like making up dances or, you know, not people my, cause I'm 25. I was like, I'm too old for this app. <laughs> and then I had a couple of friends um, that are in Nashville that are like, no, like I've actually made, met a lot of here. I'm uh, building a fan base that I, I never would have reached otherwise. So I started posting and then, you know, with treasure, it picked up some steam. I think it's at almost 3 million views now. Wow. And like, it has allowed me to, uh, meet people are like, have my music be listened to by people that I don't think would have heard it otherwise from me just playing shows. So it's been a a weird thing, but definitely I'm super grateful for it. So. Well, Mary, it has been great to visit with you today. I appreciate you taking some time to be on the show and hopefully we'll catch up again real soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Now, if one of the skills you wish you could put on your resume is really good at taking breaks, well, this is the time you might actually want to say that. A coffee company called Chameleon is planning to hire two people for $3,000 each to take more coffee breaks. Now, if you want a shot, you can enter on their website by May 31st. They're going to pick two people who will get $3,000 each and 10 cases of cold brew bottles. Now, they say they were inspired to run the contest after they found that two-thirds of people who are working from home say they take the same number of coffee breaks or even fewer than they used to, even though they're working longer hours. The Ghost Brothers. We've got Marcus Harvey and Juwan Mass on with us talking about the new series Ghost Brothers Lights Out, which is available on Discovery+. And first off, Marcus and Juwan, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Marcus, what do you, tell our listeners a little bit about the premise behind the new series, uh, Ghost Brothers Lights Out. This one is uh, this one is kind of taking it back to our roots, as far as like uh, our original way of uh, investigating, going into some like the most scariest type of like insane asylum lighthouses, like battleships. And me and Juwan actually go in first to do a preliminary uh, investigation, while Dylan tries to guide us through and give us hints on what's happening in that space. So this one is just back to the old school. It's some dirty, dirty, low-down, uh, <laughs> crazy spots that might be haunted. Now, Juwan, how did you guys end up being the ones going out there and doing the blind run-through? I mean, did it did, uh, did get the, the better straw? Or how did that happen? You know, we typically do something like I like to call rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> but no, um... Honestly, it was a, uh, it was it was. I think it was just a, a group decision. Just kind of like we're gonna let uh, because Dalen does go in. It's just the initial investigation is is like um, is one that Marcus and I are blind for because Dalen has the information, has the research, and knows the location. And so it's like I'm gonna keep this from these guys, but I'm gonna allow them to go in and see if they can pick up any any evidence that speaks to the story. Um, and it's really a, it's, it's an interesting way to start. I'll tell you that. Now, obviously, the, uh, the the series started streaming this past Saturday, and uh, Marcus, what's it like to get the feedback as a new series rolls out? It's been amazing because you know our fans have been with us through the pandemic. We, me, 
Jalen and Jawan were doing a thing called Ghost Brothers and Chill while the pandemic was going on, which allowed us to have a very, very dope in touch like you know, like fan base, so we can actually see exactly what we wanted to do for the next season. And so this new season is literally just a, a homage to everything that they've given us, like what what, we, what they wanted to see and all those things. So, yeah, we're just, we're just excited about it, man. So we're lit. Now, Juwan, have you noticed since folks have been spending more time at home and alone, are you guys getting more requests of folks saying they think their house is uh, all of a sudden haunted? Man, I, honestly, I would say yes. Like, I think people were like, they're having these experiences, and uh, and they're like, who's going to call? The Ghost Brothers. And so, like, the fact that we did Ghost Brothers Haunted House guests in the past is like, and that really just opened the door for people to be like, hey, can you, can you come investigate our home? And now that they've been at home for over a year, it's, it's just a no-brainer for them to just reach out and, and ask us. And even if we can't come, like, they're, they're like, you got any advice? That's cool. Now, Marcus, how did you first get into ghost hunting? I mean, uh, uh, was it something that you've always been interested in, or was it maybe uh, more of a dare that, that, that got you into it? I think it's just, I just think we always wanted to do, like, stuff that was adventurous, and we've always been daring. So, you know, when Dalen and Juwan approached me about this, I mean, they are daring, so I was daring, so we all just got down to it. So, I mean, I think that that's what's dope about the whole show, that, you know, we just kind of push the limits. Now, Juwan, do you think uh, in the time that you guys had away during the pandemic, do you think, what kind of inspiration did it give you for the new series? Uh, Man, to be honest, like, we filmed during the pandemic. So, (laughs) like, it it was a good time for us to kind of, like, disconnect from... I guess you can say these haunted locations. And then uh, when we got back into it, man, everything just seemed like it was, it was it was almost a shock. Like, yo, we had been away for so long that, like, we weren't, we weren't ready for what we were about to, in, like, walk into. Um, there was, those, those locations were, were something that were, like, a shock to our emotions. I mean, there's a lot of jump scares. There's a lot of, uh, like, random and, and terrifying uh, experiences that, like, I wouldn't say that we would have been as susceptible to had we had been, like, all, like, on the road just hitting haunted spots on a consistent basis and not taking that little hiatus that we had. You know, we were kind of getting so used to our, our family homes and, and then to have to get that shock to the system to go back into, you know, that situation is like, wow. Now, Marcus, how uh, how cool is it to see after you guys go in, Dalen's already been in, hasn't told you guys anything, but whenever you guys go through and see some of the same things that maybe he had picked out, does that kind of solidify uh, everything you guys are going after as well? Well, um, normally Dalen gets some information about like the story, and he um, really just looks at a map to kind of direct us. So it's kind of like he has a bird's eye view, uh, but he still himself has to get the answers. So it's just, I think it, it works really good to just have that type of concept going on that we can kind of move, you know, readily through that type of process. And, and it has actually gained a lot of results because, like, he does know certain things. So, like, when me and Jawan hit, hit on a specific name or a specific person, he's like, you know, oh, you guys are warm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like it's actual influence, you know what I'm saying, making sure that everything is actually confirming each other, like, you know, our equipment, the story, everything is lining up with us as they're even trying, you know? 
Now, of course, uh, new episodes coming out uh, each Saturday. And uh, coming up this week, we've got uh, Cross My Heart. And Juwan wanted to give uh, our listeners just a little insight into what they're going to see this Saturday. This Saturday, you are, man, this Saturday, you guys are in for a real, a real treat. Uh, I think this Saturday is going to be one of those that has uh, some, spooky, some spooky moments, some funny moments. You're going to see probably a little banter between the three of us of uh, a little disagreement. Like, it's always good when you can see those authentic, uh, those, those authentic arguments, right, where you're like, oh, those are real friends just having a, a little rift <laughs> before they have to make a tough decision. Um, you guys would be really, uh, you guys would be open to, to that chemistry for sure. Yeah, I know y'all probably do it every morning before y'all get on the air. We're not going to talk about that again. So that's how we are. Like, yeah, right. That's exactly right. Now, Marcus and and Juwan, of course, we want to let folks know where they can find more information and also the socials. Uh, Marcus, I'll let you go first. Uh, you can find, uh, actually, you know, shout out to Dalen. He wasn't able to make it on this call. But uh, Dalen is actually getting married this week. Uh, so you can follow him. And all of his, uh, his celebration this week uh, at his page, at Dalen Spratt, um, on Instagram and all the social media. Um, I'm the Marcus Harvey, T-H-E, Marcus Harvey. You can go check me out on Instagram, Facebook, all those places. And uh, Jawan, the paranormal poppy, tell them where you they can find you at, Play Boy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Appreciate that, Marcus. Um, I, uh, it's my first and last name on all social media platforms. Um, it's Juwan Mass, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, by all means, follow us, like our messages, comment, share our posts. I mean, we interact, so we'd love for you guys to, to reach out to us. Uh, also, you can follow us at uh, straightghosting.com. We'll have merch, but we'll also have information on uh, events that we're doing throughout the year. Um, so please, stick with the Ghost Brothers. There you go. Well, Marcus and Jawan, always great to visit with you guys. Appreciate you taking some taking some time out of your schedule, and hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Bless y'all, man. Amazing time. Great conversation, guys. Thank you. Well, someone asked people to name the things in dating profiles that are immediate turnoffs, and here are a few decent ones that I've found. Number one, having no bio at all. It ruins your chances because people don't know what you have in common or how to start a conversation with you. Number two, listing requirements that have to do with looks like height and weight. Now, even if someone fits their requirements, being too superficial can be a turnoff. Number three, the line, don't waste my time. Now, it makes you sound irritated before they've even had a chance to talk to you. Number four, photos where you're flipping off the camera. Now, it's pretty common because people think they look fun or cool, but it's kind of like flipping off your potential matches. Number five, long rants about the type of person you don't want to date. Now, it's more attractive if you're positive and focus on the things that you do want. Number six, overused cliches. You know, things like, I'm fluent in sarcasm, I don't like drama, or... I'm looking for a partner in crime. And number seven, quotes from the show The Office or anything else that's too mainstream. Now it's okay if it's something more obscure though.
our next guest on the podcast. I was sent a link to a, a YouTube video. I believe it was last week, maybe the week before. And uh, I made it through, like I mentioned to him earlier, made it through the first chorus before I was texting and saying, we got to get this guy on the show. Uh, we've got Mark Nicholson on with us. And first off, Mark, thanks for taking the time to visit. Very happy to be here, Cameron. Thanks for having me. Now, Mark, tell us where did music come from for you? And we'll we'll delve into the sound uh, here in a little bit. But where did your first musical inspirations come? You know, I grew up in uh, Western Virginia in the Appalachian Mountains. And, uh, you know, early on, I remember uh, in particular, my older brother had an Alabama cassette. And uh, I remember really thinking like, man, that's pretty cool. And uh, as I grew up, you know, there's a lot of bluegrass around. And, uh, you know, I dived into pretty much everything from rock and roll all the way to bluegrass and all points in between. <laughs> now, the uh, the sound, when did you start getting into the instrumentation and uh, and performing yourself? Um, I was probably in my first band when I was about 15 years old. And, uh, you know, there was, there's some good mentors around, uh, Jimmy fortune from the Statler brothers, actually, uh, when I was young, man, he, he was really helpful and, and being like, uh, you're going to have to work real hard <laughs> if you want to try to do this. And that really helped because, you know, sometimes in a small town, you're like, Oh man, I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Big, big fish in a small pond. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was so right about that. You know, it's like you you just have to, you know, work so hard to do the music thing. Now, for you, where did uh, where did your stretching of your wings a little bit? When did when did that happen? When uh, how long has the road been? I guess I should say from there to, to where we're at today. Man, it's been it's been a long road. You know, uh, I got out of school and I was just, uh, you know, working playing music on the weekends. And uh, it wasn't until I was probably about 30 years old that I moved out to the country. I was living in a cabin and I just started playing guitar 10 hours a day. And uh, those couple years, that was probably what really pulled me up, you know, to the level that I needed to be at. And, uh, you know, I played a thousand barroom gigs and, uh, you know, you just never know when you might get that opportunity, you know, and uh, somebody from Jordash Records heard me playing in a bar and uh, we started working on the single you heard. Now, tell us what it was like to get in studio for a, a single release. Uh, obviously, it was what your goal was starting out doing music and uh, to, to actually have that opportunity. What was uh, what, what were your butterflies like the first time heading into that studio? Yeah, you know, butterflies is a good description. Uh, you know, the, the Nashville, Tennessee, it's like you have tremendous players that are able to get those, you know, there's probably like four or five guitar players that do all the sessions for the Nashville stuff coming out. And uh, just being around those guys, I felt like, whoa, you know, I'm, uh, I'm around some great stuff. And, uh, you know, that first session in particular, I kind of felt like I was singing from a life, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, that's a good thing. I hope I never really lose that, you know. 
Now, what kind of pressure do you put on yourself as uh, as you see the release going out and truly be as genuine as you can to your own sound, if you will? Well, you know, uh, so far with the single, it's doing good, but it, it's a long it's a long climb up to like uh, the Billboard. You know, we're doing good on New Music Weekly, and we charted on Music Row. So, you know, I'm not so worried about that right now. I, I figure, you know, I kind of feel like uh, I identify more with like the Waylon and Willie and Hank Jr. kind of element of country music. So, uh, you know, I don't think I have a lot of pressure to change up what I'm doing. You know, maybe if somebody was, you know, to get me and, and like, hey, we want you to do this, I'd have to, you know, think about it. But, you know, I don't think there's Nashville, uh, you know, the big corporate record labels. I doubt they're looking for what I'm doing, you know. So I I think you really got to just do your thing. And if people like it, then it's, uh, you know, that's a big blessing. That's cool. Now, uh, we, we talked a little bit earlier about your sound, and obviously you've got uh, a touch of classic rock feel to it as well, and I can hear who the influence is. <laughs> tell us, tell our listeners, if they can't pick it out, who the biggest influence is uh, vocally for you are. Well, you know, right now, Chris Stapleton's huge. You know, uh, he, he opened doors in Nashville that I think may really – you know, allow someone like me to squeak through, you know, and uh, Bob Seeger is, is a huge influence. And uh, then, you know, on the countryside of things, Waylon Jennings and uh, just his presence and delivery. And uh, I really like some of the new guys like uh, Sturgill Simpson, yeah. how, how, how his presence when he sings. Now, speaking of, of, of a little singing, I know that you got your guitar there with you today. You will you willing to play something for for our listeners? Let them uh, give them a little introduction. Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and play uh, "Natural Born Lover" the single, and uh, I'm I'm happy to be on here getting a chance to do it. <laughs> there you go. Oh, we 
good stuff brother that's good stuff well thank you now where do you find your inspiration songwriting wise uh, where, where where does that come from you and and how hard or, or easy has it been over the last 12 months well i tell you you know the the more country i'm writing the easier it is you know i've, I've been in rock bands over the years you know and uh I love playing rock and roll, but uh, it was never real easy for me to write. It always felt like a struggle. And, uh, you know, country music just seems to flow for me. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of different influences on the writing side of things. You know, I really, you know, I really like Blackberry Smoke right now. Charlie, Charlie Starr and uh, Chris Stapleton, you know, it's huge. And, you know, like I said, the whole outlaw country movement, you know, Willie Whalen and uh hank jr all that stuff now what is the what's the toughest part of the writing process is it finding the idea or is it uh maybe the uh, the opposite where you can't say okay done <laughs> which of those is harder for you um for me you know getting that initial idea that sticks you know, something like when, when a song comes, it's for real, you know it. And uh, that can be hard, just getting that initial idea. Once you have that, you can run with it. And uh, sometimes you've got to go, you know, a while before you latch on to one. How was it for you to get used to the Zoom meetings, the Zoom rights, uh, the co-writes like that? And uh, how much have you had to adjust your your writing style because of it? Well, man, you know, I pretty much write by myself right now. I'd be open to co-writes. I'd like to do it. But uh, I have my own kind of method where I just hold up and uh, I usually find a melody. I find a chord progression and then I just start singing anything till a line emerges that I'm like, OK, that's it. You know, so, you know, honestly, this is my first thing call ever. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a rooms and I was like, oh, man, I, I'm going to have to figure this out. <laughs> now, now coming around uh, 
how hard is it to try to get into the social media side of things to to get things out? Because uh, especially the times we're living in, that's that's about all the, a lot of the new artists uh, ha have to get uh, to get the word out. Yeah, it's helpful. You know, uh, I don't feel like I'm maybe the best at it. You know, I feel like I, I uh, have to get my stepkids in and be like, here, what what should I do, y'all? <laughs> y'all know this kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it's helpful. And uh, it's amazing what you can do now with technology to get music out. You know, um, I'm, I'm a fan of it. And, uh, I'll, you know, like with the label, they're, they're going to have somebody help them with the social media side of things. And that never hurt. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> now, now, if folks want to keep up with uh, with future releases, uh, upcoming appearances, uh, single music as well, where's the best place for folks to keep up? Is it the website probably has uh, everything located there centralized, right? Yep. MarkNicholsonOfficial.com. And I got a Facebook page, Mark Nicholson Official. And uh, yeah, just, you know, come by the website. Get the link here to everything that's going on. All right. Well, Mark, it's been great to visit with you today, man. I had to just, I had to hear that voice firsthand. I appreciate you letting me have that happen. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate you, Cameron. I'm really, I'm really glad to be on here. And, uh, you know, hit me back up sometime. We'll do it again. Well, thanks again for joining us for this 65th episode in season two of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, question, Anything else you'd like to know, you can hit me up on the contact page at gqwithcam.com. Also, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at gqwithcam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, visit our merch store. We've got hoodies, mugs, tumblers, shirts, stickers, and more. gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. Of course, if you have a special guest idea, email me, gqwithcam.com at gmail.com. Well, thanks again to Brandon Allen coming up with our theme music. We're going to let him play us out. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday evening. <laughs>